Good morning, everybody. This is Greg Aiden with Aiden Leadership for another episode of Servant Leadership Podcast. And this morning, I'm very, very thankful of having a very interesting uh, person who uh, she goes by Lisa Pedersen. She's with the Root Purpose Group, and we're going to find out all about her. But Lisa, I have to admit, when I'm going through your stuff and I see that you have 20 plus years of of your life involved with animals and mm-hmm. not only animals, but raising money for them. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. And where did that love come from? Yeah. Uh, my journey to get to, I, I was at the Humane Society of Boulder Valley for 21 years, and it was really rooted in um, matching the, the special gifts that we all bring to the, our work to something that I felt really connected and passionate about. Um, that why is so important to me. It's the basis of my entire career. And so at the Humane Society was really able to see that in action and spent most of my career in nonprofit management. And I think um, the beautiful thing about uh, the nonprofit uh, community is that it is so directly tied to what's the impact you want to have? What's the what's the thing you want to create in a community? And so at the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, the thing that really connected me to that purpose was building healthy relationships between pets and people. Having had my own relationships with, with animals over the years, I knew the power of that. And so to be able to um, bring my energy to helping to create more of those and the impact that those then relationships not only have on the animals, but how they change the families that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. So um, my journey to get to the Humane Society was got started in sales right after college, needed to get a job and found out I was pretty good at that and then really missed um, being involved in the arts. Mm-hmm. That was my background. I was a theater major. Went to, I applied that sales perspective to fundraising and worked for an arts organization in Boulder for a few years and then saw an opportunity at the Humane Society and was just I was like all right this is this feels like good to my soul Mm. and so joined the organization uh, in 1997 I think so um, long time long time ago yeah awesome well you say uh you say pets and and their lives they or they help create with people. Um, I, this is just new for me because I have never had a, I haven't had a pet since two thousand three. Okay, mm. so go back way back, and that was yeah. I was married before we had a little Shih Tzu puppy, but uh, in the divorce she got the dog and and I mm. and I I didn't, but that's okay. So yeah. roll forward to this past June, my eleven year old just really really wanted a, a, a cat. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I've never been a cat lover. And mm-hmm. they just seem like, what do you do with a cat, right? Anyway, <laughs> so I'll, long story short, uh, we decided that we were going to go and, and rescue one. So mm-hmm. we did. And now we have a cat. Her name's Stella. She's six, six months old. And oh. she loves me. I love her. And I started carrying around, you know, she just fits back then. She fit right across the the forearm. And and I just carried around and loved her. And uh, I have to admit, I mean, you can tell by the smile on my face how my, yeah. my wife says, oh, that, that's gross. That's not necessary. That's, but she's not saying it in a mean way. She's saying it in, in she's not a baby, Greg. Well, ah. she kind of is. Yeah, because she's she, your baby. She is. She needs water. She needs love. And uh, anyway, I can't be more proud of Brooks, who, who uh, waited and saved his money and built all the oh. toys for her and so awesome. back to the connection it has on the family. What I'm saying, getting to is he has become responsible yeah. for her. Yeah. And when he's with us, he takes care of her. Now, when he when he's not, when he's with his mom, I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, you said the word soul, and and I I, I believe that when you love something this much, mm -hmm. it does get into our hearts and our soul and yeah. deep rooted. Um, let's talk about what you're doing today. And again, what was going on in your head and your heart, Lisa, when you decided to leave something you just yeah. mentioned you love so much yeah. and get into coaching? I mean, who yeah. who in their right mind would get into <laughs> the leadership coaching? Tell oh, us about I'm, that. I love it. I think for me, the journey really started. Um, in my time as being a CEO at the Humane Society and really learning that, I think that, you know, I was a pretty young, I was like 37 when I became CEO and, um, and went into that role thinking I had to have all the answers. You're the CEO, you have to, you have to know everything, sure. you have to do all the things and really tried on a number of leadership styles and tried to replicate things that I saw in leaders that I respected and admired and was pretty miserable and tired all the time because mm -hmm. I wasn't being my authentic self. And when mm -hmm. I got clear that my leadership style was really about facilitating conversations and asking the right questions that led to the team right. finding the answers, that's when I really started to love my role and where I think I was most effective. And so it was really when I put on my coaching hat as the CEO and really brought that power of inquiry to um, the conversations, getting the right people around the table and just being that catalyst for the conversations that can can get out the different opinions, can we can you know suss through and it then it became really fun instead yeah. of feeling the pressure of like, oh, I have to I have to know all the things just recognizing the talent that you have around you and just tapping into that. So, so after four years, yes, almost. So, so my first probably, um, you know, I, I was there as the CEO for about 12 years. I would say, you know, it took me about five years to kind of figure that out. And then really just, just felt like that is the role that I played. And so it was a natural evolution for me to consider, all right, um, you know, I think in any organization, there's a there's an arc of time where you're an effective leader, where you're bringing the skills that you need to for the organization. And I kind of felt like, okay, I'm at a place now where I've done the things I think I needed to do, the work that I wanted to accomplish, built a really strong team, and I was ready to consider what what I might do next. And so um, it was in a CEO group that I've been a part of for. 2015 years that said, you know, here's something that we see as a skill in you, a gift, and you might consider how can you bring that to other leaders. And so then started exploring executive coaching, um, got my certification, and uh, then three in 19, uh, 2019 launched my company. And um, it was just, it really was just a, a manifestation of the thing that I love to do, which is sure. to, you know, unlock that potential in others. But uh, if you were to put a label on the style of leadership that you brought to the Humane Society of Colorado, Boulder Valley, what what would you, how, how would you have tagged yourself back then? What kind of leader were you? I mean, I, I definitely had a lot of, of really strong servant leadership and just that, that concept of investing in um, the team and helping them define their strengths and giving them, setting them up for success. That was really what gave me the most joy. And I think the thing I, you know, while the organization was completely around, you know, the mission of, of serving those animals and people that were connected to them, um, I was really clear that if I built a team that was thriving, the animals would be the beneficiary. Mm -hmm. The mission would be accomplished because of the people that were doing the work. So that was really what um, what brought me joy and gave me energy. And I think was the the that was my leadership style is is really to to be in service of of their own development and that as a team we were you know we were creating innovation together. 
Yeah. You uh, you obviously mentioned two words that I've been very, very committed to since I left uh, corporate America and that's servant leadership. And mm -hmm. when I was with Intercontinental Hotels Group, the as a vice president, I actually interviewed probably over 35 people in various uh, categories of the, of the organization. And I my intention was, what do you know about servant leadership or being of service to others mm -hmm. before you yeah. lead them? And interesting, and in a huge organization, it was very successful, one of the largest hotel companies in the world at the time, not many people even knew what it meant. Mm -hmm. And then, then when we did discuss it, it came across as soft. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to be a soft leader? Yeah. Because they didn't know anything about it. And, right. and I'm sure you've done all the all the research on Robert Greenleaf, et cetera. And, and a lot of people always say, Greg, you're, you're studying or you're focused on something that's faith-based. Why are you doing that? And mm -hmm. I said, no, it's not faith-based. It's, it's just, it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And are you, a, are you a mom? Do you have children? I'm a stepmom. So I have two wonderful stepkids. Okay. So as a parent, you would, you might agree, Lisa, that as parents and leaders where we show up very similar. Mm -hmm. And in this case, and I have two boys there, they are my most important followers, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you want to go to the faith side, I would say that, uh, sure, this guy named Jesus, he was a pretty darn good leader. And that's kind of my answer is if you, if you take care of your team, they will manifest into leaders themselves and then they become better leaders. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you, how do you find happiness in your work today, Lisa, when you, through your, uh, your experiments of working with teams and mm -hmm. how do you, how do you find joy and how do you find your soul work? Mm. Uh, great question. And it's uh, you know, the reason that I named my company Root Purpose Group is because I really do believe that when we're rooted in our purpose, when yeah. we're really clear on the impact that we want to have, the the change that we want to make in, in the in the team, in the community, in the world that we're living in, that's when we get the most joy. And so for me, you know, my personal why is really to be a catalyst for discovery um, so that people can thrive in their work and their lives. And I and and I think as leaders, um, we have to recognize that we need to be thriving in all aspects of our life and mm -hmm. we need to create that for our teams as well because um you know our we are so for me the joy is really helping to uh, have leaders have the space to get connected to their own why to have their work be grounded in that to find their voice um, because there's a lot of noise that can happen in leadership and there's a lot of different ways that we can get pulled but when we have clarity and we're really really connected to that yeah. impact that we want to have that's when I think things get easier and we can use that as a filter of how am I making decisions and am I getting closer to my why if I do this versus this and mm -hmm. the same for organizations having them be really tied to right what is it we're trying to do in the world and and having that be that just a, a constant way of what are the questions I should be asking myself that let me know yep I'm serving that purpose yeah well a lot of people don't know what their purpose is mm -hmm. I believe and sometimes they they arrive when they have a vice president or a senior vice president mm -hmm. or a chief of something in front yeah. of their name and you ask somebody well what do you do and the first thing they say is their title no, no, no. A 12-year-old looking up at you in, a, in an elevator isn't going to be really impressed with your title. They're going to know, why do you do what you do? Yeah. And so what would you tell that 12-year-old looking at you in the elevator and, and saying, Ms. Pedersen, what, what is it that you do and why do you do it? 
I, I would go back to that. I see my role as being that catalyst. And, and I would tell that 12 year old that, you know, the thing that I love to do is to help others um, discover their own gifts and to take those gifts and employ them in the world. Beautiful. Understand your gifts and employ them in the rest of the world. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice, Lisa, if the majority of us really woke up that every morning with a simple, deep rooted, soul based purpose? Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. And I, and the thing I love about purpose and when you get clear on your gifts is that you can you you can apply them to even those areas in your work that maybe you don't feel as energized by, right? So, you know, I was talking to a CEO the other day and and we were talking he's an engineer by nature and I was like you just need to whatever the situation is, you can apply that engineering brain to problem solve in this, you know, in this aspect. It's not in this particular thing it may not be a traditional engineering role that you're playing but you're applying that engineering mind, that gift that you have for problem solving and figuring out the structure that needs to be in place to, to, to really have an impact on this challenge that you're facing. So I think when we can use our, our gifts, our geniuses to, you know, um, and have clarity of that, we can apply them in every aspect and the work just gets easier and more fun. Yeah, you say you've said every aspect of our life a couple of times now, and I'll, I'll ask you to yes or no question. And do you believe there's a work-life balance? I don't have a yes or no question to that. I believe balance is that we, it's, you know, I, I was working with a group once and, and one of the brilliant women leaders in the group was like, it's kind of like a lava lamp. Like there's no, you know, at different times we may be more focused on the, the work part of our life. And at other times, you know, even during the day, there's times. So I think really it's, it's, it's about, making intentional choices about how we want to spend our energy Beautiful. and having those be true to who we want to be. Right. That's more important to me than balance. So not a yes and no question for me. No. And it's, and I believe there, the, the, the answer to me is there isn't a work-life balance. You have one life and you decide, you decide, we decide yeah. how we want to be right in your, in yeah. your lava lamp experience uh, example. I believe too many people blame their spouse, their kids, their work, their environment, their boss, and they don't take responsibility for their life. So then they like to walk around or drive around and, and complain about, I'm, I'm out of balance. But they don't look in the mirror and realize that same person in the mirror is the reason they're out of balance. And yeah. uh, a gentleman I interviewed the other day had a, had a nice phrase about it. He said, I, I fit my work into my life. Yeah. And I, but everything else comes first. Mm -hmm. So your why isn't defined by what you do for a living. Your why and who you were on this earth is going to be defined by the people who were most interested or dependent or connected to you. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I, I bring this up quite often, Lisa, but I, I challenge anybody to, to walk around a, uh, a cemetery and find vice president or CEO or CFO, yeah. and you just won't because at the end of the day, no one really cares what your title was. Mm -hmm. But yet we spent all this time, money, and energy becoming what? A doctor, a dentist, a leadership coach. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you'll be remembered by the people that you you yeah. impacted. And I love yeah. your word impacted the most. And I've got this very simple diagram, Lisa, that I coach with, and it starts with a heart in the center. And that heart could be you, it could be your family, it could be your organization. But every day, and you said it, not me, we choose how we're going to impact others. Mm -hmm. So what is your 
what is your recommendation, Lisa, when you're when you're coaching and you're 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 curious about the people in front of you? What do you recommend to them when? And you said it intentional choices. What do you recommend them to stay on on track with their intentional choices to serve other people? What do you What do you do? How do you help them? I think it goes back to just that that concept of keeping your purpose, your why. And and I love, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and the simplicity of his to so that like, so what's the contribution and what's the impact. And so, um, you know, again, when I'm, when I'm working with a leader to just remind them of like, what is that contribution? What's that unique gift? What's the thing that you're bringing that you do that just comes naturally to you that you want to bring to the world and what's the impact and using that as a, that's the litmus test. Am I serving my purpose in this contribution? And I love the fact that you bring up, like, it's not about our titles, because if we're really clear on the gifts that we bring and how we want to impact the world, it can be applied to anything we do. So a purpose statement, a why statement is not specific to the role I'm in today. It's who I am. It's the the contribution that I want to have in this journey that I'm on in the time that I'm, that I'm, you know, able to, to share that. Yeah. And I believe our purpose gets more fun uh, and more exciting when we surround ourselves with people who are, I don't want to say exactly like us, but they're like-minded and like-hearted. So we're, we're always being filled up with, with other people who understand who we are and appreciate it. But also, you know, Doug McGee, we were talking about on off air. He's one of those men that challenges other people to be real. Uh-huh. And to be the best version of themselves. And I love the work Doug's doing with men, because in my honest opinion, if we can't parent better going forward, this country's never going to get any better. If we continue being the same, and I'll say parents and not pick on men here, if we continue to be the same interesting and not purpose driven parents, how are we going to expect our kids to be any different than how we were treated or how we were raised or how we were led, I should say. And I believe a lot of parents just haven't got the connection between leadership and parenting. And it's not about you parents. It's about the people you're raising, but the ego and the, and the opportunity to see how wonderful and how rich I am and how, what I drive. And it just isn't matter. Meanwhile, your kids are watching you make all these interesting decisions and but yet we expect them to turn out different than we did and it's just mm-hmm. it's it's not going to happen one of the so, things that i that i've really as a step parent coming into my um, stepkids lives they were i think seven and twelve um or seven and ten just that when i drop into curiosity yep. with them um which is, you know, again, it's very much who I am as a person. I'm a very curious individual. That's why I love coaching. And as a parent, that when I do that, oh my gosh, the conversations are richer. Um, I am in service of them much more um, than when I'm, you know, trying to teach them something, right? It's, you know, you can just like when you're working with a a leader, one-on-one coaching, you're, you're unlocking their own voice. You're unlocking their own answers. It's not about, again, I come back to, it's not about me to have the answers. It's about, okay, where are you at? And just getting curious and going beneath the surface. So that's one thing that, you know, and I'll just be really 
vulnerable about this. Sometimes it's hard for me to, to stay in curiosity, right? Because I, I may have my own agenda with my, with my stepkids. And so just to recognize, oof, it's so much easier when I, when I stay in that place of curiosity and um, I'm a much better step parent when I'm there. Well, you're a much better leader. You're a much better spouse. You're a much better partner. You're yeah. a much better example. And I love the fact that you, you're being vulnerable because the, the lot of people I coach, they won't let go of their ego and their and really when we do that we're we're connecting to fear right. and not love and yeah. you may or may not agree whenever we make a decision it comes from one of two places period fear or love mm -hmm. and i coach that way and and i behave that way and i just want to recognize you lisa because back when i was 9 my parents multiplied so i got a stepmom and a stepdad within like 13 months and I don't remember much before I was nine, but I can tell you, I remember a lot of what after nine and George, my stepdad and Connie, my stepmother have been two of my best friends, mm -hmm. two of my biggest influencers. And because now I had four different opinions mm -hmm. and four different people who were curious. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying four is better than two, because mm -hmm. I also learned that we have such, we just have limited amount of intimacy to go yeah. around. And that's a whole nother podcast. But I, I would say that God bless you for taking your role as a step parent, just as serious as someone who has their own kids, because you are impacting the lives of, of these two little people. And uh, so thank you for that. And yeah, and they I may not, they may not always tell you, but yeah. Just, yeah. And I think I love the fact, you know, it's like how I kind of approach is now, now these two beautiful human beings have four adults that love them. And, you know, like you said, it, we may have different levels of intimacy between those relationships and they have a team of adults that are capable of, of, you know, um, loving them and, and holding them. And, and it's just been, it's been one of the biggest, it's the biggest challenge that I've probably experienced in my life. And it's one of the biggest joys. Yeah. Isn't that funny though? The things that are hard, uh, when we approach them with a place of, okay, what can I do for the people in this situation? Yeah. Not just me yeah. getting back to that. And I, I believe curiosity is more than a, more than a behavior. It's a skill. Mm -hmm. And I believe when you harness the interest in being curious and I, and you've said the word authentic a lot. And if you look on my site, it's all over the place because when we're not real, we're not, we're not helping anybody. Right. And uh, that authentic gift to ask wonderful questions and find out where the other person is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave you with this question. Have you ever asked your leaders to ask their team, how may I be, how may I be a better leader today? For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, that, that idea of um, what, and, and I, and the distinction there is not asking like, what do I, how should I support you? It's no. not that, right. No. It's like, what is it? How, do, how can I lift you up? What is the, what is that? How can I serve you as a leader? That is a really important distinction. So I appreciate you calling that out. Yeah. And I actually do it as a dad and I've been doing it for years. And, you know, and when they were four and six, the interest, it was interesting questions, you know, more serial, stay up later, watch this movie. But now it's, let me think about that. Yeah. And then sometimes Brooks will say, well, could you behave differently around Sam? Can you help me do this instead of that? Mm -hmm. Can you not get frustrated when I, yeah. right? And it's amazing the interesting information that we can get when we're yeah. authentically curious. So 
Uh, Lisa Pedersen, it's been a joy. You're a, an amazing person. And uh, everyone I know that knows you speaks highly of you. So oh, that's great to hear. Thanks, Greg. It's so it's been a wonderful conversation. I've very much enjoyed it myself. Yes. So ladies and gentlemen, Lisa uh, Pedersen with uh, Root Purpose Group. And uh, again, thank you so much for making time. And don't forget uh, to be kind, be considerate, and be curious. Uh, Lisa, thanks for reminding us how important it is to be curious. So thank you for that. And everyone listening, uh, go out and be be nice, be uh, humble, and uh, be helpful with someone today. God bless. 